Welcome everyone to another episode of Tudo Português. My name is Angela Samos, and I am here with Elena Vieira, who is the executive director of the Carlos Vieira Foundation. Welcome, Elena. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for for joining. So the Carlos Vieira Foundation is based out of the Central Valley in California. And I would say a fairly new foundation is it's less than 10 years old, right? So why don't you give us a little bit of background on how the foundation got started, its purpose, and then we can jump into some of the activities that you do. Absolutely. So actually, the foundation is a little bit older than that in terms of the work that we've been doing. So back in 2007, Carlos started raising money through his racing. So he started racing in Madeira and around the state and even out of the state. And he wanted to use his platform for a good cause. So his team, 5150, started raising money. At first, the money was donated to Valley Children's Hospital through a fundraiser that they were doing with all of the race teams at Madeira Speedway. And since then, it's grown and the organization or the racing team, I should say, shifted its focus to raising money for autism. And that came about because Carlos had a coworker and friend who had a son with autism. And back then, there was very little known about autism. Mm -hmm. She wasn't able to get the resources she needed. And Carlos saw the struggles that she went through and wanted to help. And so that's kind of how the cause became autism. And then the Race for Autism campaign was born. And that was through Carlos's racing, but also the team and organization started putting on different kinds of fundraising events, all to raise awareness and raise money for the cause of autism. So that went on for a few years, and the actual Carlos Vieira Foundation was officially formed as a 501c3 in 2010. Okay. So since then, the organization has expanded to, it started in Livingston and expanded to 21 counties in California, which is where we're at now, and then also to include two other campaigns, which is Race to be Drug-Free and Race to End the Stigma. Uh, So we have all of our programs through each of those campaigns to directly help the youth in our Central Valley. So I I was totally wrong on that. I, I maybe we've only been aware of it recently, but it's you know been around for for a lot longer. So that's amazing. And so the focus is still on autism and any sort of accomplishments or new developments that have happened as a result of uh, your work. So what we mainly focus on is directly helping youth through autism in particular. We have our direct help grant program. So while we do work with other autism organizations and we try to help like donate to those organizations as well. Our key component is our grants that we give directly to families who have kids with autism. And that's an annual grant that families can apply to for up to $500 to help pay for any type of therapies, medical necessities, learning devices, sensory items, things like that. So we don't put a limit on this grant. It's just as long as they meet our criteria, which is being diagnosed with autism, living within one of our 21 counties, and being under the age of 18. So that program has grown and expanded to where we're giving out. I think this year is our highest. We've received over 300 applications. Oh, wow. So we've been doing that basically since the Race for Autism campaign was officially formed. Uh, And then there are other campaigns as well. So Race to be Drug-Free, we have an after-school boxing program that's completely free for children in just a few cities in the Central Valley. So right now we focus on Merced, Atwater, and Livingston, and even one getting up and running in a town nearby. And so that's completely free for youth, and it's the goal is to keep them off the streets and off of drugs. 
And then Race to End the Stigma is another campaign that we have that we directly help families, or I should say youth, by giving scholarships. We give 21 scholarships to kids who are willing to open up about either their own mental health issues or just trying Mm -hmm. to help end the stigma around mental health. I think that's amazing. And it's so important because as we, you know, any of us watch the news or just observe in our own communities that the mental health issue is certainly becoming, I think, not not epidemic, but it's just become more of an issue lately than in past years. And I think sometimes our Portuguese community, we feel that we're immune to what happens in the mainstream, but that's not at all the case. So you know, I think in our own community, we we have folks that struggle with mental health. And so bringing awareness to that and even providing resources for that, I think is so important. So kudos to, to you and your team for you. um, shining a light on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we definitely see um, that stigma in mental health and even in things like autism. And that's why mm-hmm. right. uh, we have our key fundraiser for autism, which is the San Joaquin Valley Portuguese Festival. And there's kind of a few goals of that. And one of it is to raise awareness and the stigma around autism, of course, in general and in the autism or in the Portuguese community as well. Right. And so let's talk a little bit about that festival, because that one is new. (laughs) That's been around for for longer than I was aware. But I feel like it was almost uh, long overdue, if you will. So as you as we all know, we've had lots of the Holy Ghost festivals throughout the state. But a cultural, like an annual cultural festival, we don't have many of those, I would say, right, that are non-religious based. And so I know there's the one in San Jose that happens around Dia de Portugal, but then your foundation decided to start the San Joaquin Portuguese Festival. So talk a little bit about the, you know, development of that, how it's gone for the last uh, few years, and what the plans are for the future. Absolutely. So yeah, the San Joaquin Valley Portuguese Festival, we're going into our fifth year now which makes sense why you might be more familiar with our organization now. Um, we've gotten a lot more well-known among the Portuguese community through the, that event specifically. Right. But the reason we started that, that event, like I said, there's basically three reasons. One of them is having to do with Portuguese culture. And that's um, mm-hmm. Carlos comes from a Portuguese family. Of course, that means I come from a Portuguese family. Right. And Carlos in particular grew up with a lot of those cultural I guess, involvements, like he played in the Livingston Portuguese band, his parents are very involved in the Portuguese organizations and festas, things like that. And um, he wanted to come and kind of help, I don't want to say revive, because of course, the Portuguese culture is still very alive, but mm-hmm. bring it to people who aren't familiar with the Portuguese culture, first of all, because right. the Portuguese culture is very strong in the Central Valley in particular. And we have so many people who have immigrated from Portugal and the Azores, and we wanted to have an opportunity to share that culture with other people who might not be too familiar with it. But also mm-hmm. just for younger generations too, the difference between how Carlos was raised in the Portuguese culture and like how I was raised, for example, I wasn't as involved. And I think that just has to do with generational gaps. And so our key partner for this event is PFSA, Portuguese Patrol mm-hmm. South America. And both of our organizations care about making sure that the Portuguese culture is celebrated and is continued on by younger generations. So we thought that this event in particular would be able to appeal to those target markets by kind of including everything. So we have folklore and philharmonic performances. We still have a parade, a Baudelaire, if you would say, and then a 
wine and cheese tasting, cultural exhibit, bloodless bullfights, bull on a rope, and then some other like carnivals and things like that mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily Portuguese focused will draw people in and they'll still be right. able to experience Portuguese culture. And then we have so many great partners through our sponsors and then vendors who come in with their Portuguese food, Portuguese crafts. And um, so basically just a full celebration of everything that the Portuguese culture has to offer. So that is kind of a longer version of one of the reasons <laughs> that we started this event. But then of course it also boils down to autism. So this is our biggest fundraiser for autism. So it's to raise awareness, but that's one reason, but another reason also to raise money to fund our direct help grant program that I was speaking about earlier. Right. Well, and I, I think it's a nice alternative, as you alluded to, you know, the generation gap, whereas there are still lots of people that want to maintain ties to their Portuguese heritage, but maybe they're not so interested in going to the festas, right? But they're, so they're mm-hmm. looking for something different. And so this gives them that alternative. And then also, if you look at what other ethnic groups have done with the Greek festival or the Hispanic uh, cultures, where there's a lot more of uh, Hispanics in California than there are Portuguese. Mm-hmm. However, you know, when you look at Cinco de Mayo or some other festivals, like there's there are established ethnic festivals that regular people know about. Like, I'm not Greek, but I know about the Greek festivals that happen, right? Or some of the Italian festivals. And so there's an opportunity for us to do the same thing. Like you said, bring the Portuguese heritage and elements of our culture to the mainstream to, you know, to keep it going, right? So I think it's a nice alternative to offer folks that are, like I said, still looking to stay connected, but don't necessarily want to go to the festas because it's, you know, they're not into the religious stuff, but it's nice that you still incorporate some of the religious elements of the the traditional festa as well. So you get a little bit of everything. And so like, how many people do you get at this festival and when is the next one and how can people buy tickets and get involved if they want to have a booth, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. So the first festival was in 2019 and it's kind of fluctuated in attendance and growth, of course, in the COVID. <laughs> Next year. Yeah. So um, the first year, though, we were very satisfied and pleasantly surprised at the traction that we got. The first year, it was about 15,000 people that attended, um, which was probably triple what we would have expected going into our first year. So once we saw that people were interested and that was something that the community needed, we knew, knew that it had to become an annual event. So we continued it from from then on and each year we continue to add on different elements. So this year we're actually, well, I should say next year in 2024, we're making it a three day event. So Mm. that means that on Friday, there's going to be a bull on a rope and a performance by Rodrigo Leal in tribute to Roberto Leal. Mm -hmm. And he'll be here with his band. We're very excited for that. On Saturday, we'll still have our full day of festivities. Um, tracing back to our first year when we did it. So that's the day that we have all of our folklore and philharmonic performances, our cultural exhibit, wine and cheese tasting, parade, and then exciting performances on our 5150 stage, which is currently, I can announce the headliners, which are Anna and Jose Maloa, who will be flying from Portugal as well. So we're excited to have them be a part of the event. And then on Sunday, it'll continue with a full bloodless Portuguese bullfight, um, we all are also adding some things in the morning, like a bold late and an animal auction. So it's definitely going to have more components than we've had in the past, uh, of course, to celebrate our fifth year having this event. So we're very excited. 
And the dates for that are April 19th to the 21st. And gates will open different times, things like that. But the great thing is that we've continued, tried to continue throughout the years is entrance to the festival is completely free to make it more accessible to people. There are certain components that have additional charge, like, of course, carnival rides, entry to the arena for the bullfight on Sunday. We'll Mm -hmm. have some charges, but basically people can come and enjoy the festivities, musical performances, things like that completely for free. That's amazing. And where can people find out more information? And of course, it, being in the Central Valley, lots of us have RVs and fifth wheels. You know, is this something where yeah. we can come in and hook up for three days? <laughs> Absolutely. Kind of yeah, that's actually a question that we get a lot. So the event is held at the Stanislaus County Fairgrounds in Turlock, and there is RV parking. So they have um, some limited hookup spots, but then we also have dry camping available. The dry camping is unlimited pretty much mm-hmm. so that th- those are options for sure and if people want some more information our website is sjvportuguesefestival.com as we get closer we'll be adding more information about our different performers and the schedule for the weekend so yeah we're just really excited for this next year that's really that's really awesome and so what else would you like people to know or is there you know call for participation or you know somebody wants to volunteer or get involved what else would you like to share with our audience today yeah so basically the the festival we just ask for if people are interested in either the portuguese culture or even just supporting the cause of autism to get involved some way and that there's different ways that that can look like so as as i mentioned we have a portuguese parade um we love seeing all the people just basically show up the morning Mm -hmm. of parade and we do share all that information on our website as well but that's I guess the first act of support that we see like in the morning on our main day which is Saturday but then we do have spaces open for organizations or groups to perform like folklore philharmonic groups we're always looking for support through sponsors vendor spots as well we have vendor spots available for anyone who wants to share their Portuguese food or any type of Portuguese or even non-Portuguese related food and merchandise And then, I mean, of course, it's a fundraiser for autism. So although the event is free, we, of course, accept donations and they're greatly appreciated to support our direct help grant program. Mm -hmm. And above all else, just people coming out to attend. Like I said, it's free. So just having the support there really shows the support for the, the event itself and our goals to bring the Portuguese culture to the Central Valley and the younger generation and non Portuguese people. And then, of course, for the autism community as well, because I know that we've seen people attend or have heard from people who are part of our autism programs who really appreciate seeing so many people gather to support their mm-hmm. cause. And going back to the the grants that you provide, is that something that you know a family can apply every year or is it a one-time thing? Yeah, no, it's actually every year. Um, and as I mentioned before, there's no um, financial restrictions or anything like that. So we do try to keep it wide open because we know how great the need is for families who have kids with autism and how how costly the resources are that these children need. So we do keep it open for the community and let them apply every year. And even people who have been part of our program for a few years are able to continue applying uh 
three years into adulthood. So we let them apply until the age of 21 if they've been part of our program. Oh, because of course we understand that the need doesn't stop at the age of 18. So right. we try to help where we can there as well. Okay. Very cool. So I, you guys are doing a lot and running a festival of that size is certainly an undertaking, but any, anything you can share about what your plans are for the future? Are you going to be introducing anything else or just focusing on growing this festival? Yeah. So we do other events as well. Uh, the Portuguese, San Joaquin Valley Portuguese Festival is one of our main fundraisers, as I mentioned, but we do continue to try and grow and expand our programs. So while we plan to stay within our 21 counties in the Central Valley currently, because we recognize there's still a lot of needs that need to be met in those counties, we do try to make people more aware of our programs in those counties because we basically cover from Shasta County down to Kern County. Of course, our help is kind of uh, concentrated in the areas that we're best known in, and that's Livingston, Merced County, and surrounding areas. But we're constantly trying to reach other people, and we do that through our outreach work, but then also we hold different events. So one of our key autism events that we try to do every year is our Autism Day Barbecue, mm, and that's okay. right in Livingston. And what it is is a free event for families who have kids with autism to come enjoy a family-friendly and sensory-friendly event, specifically just for those families with autism. And there's carnival rides, food, different kinds of games, crafts, a magic show. And all this is completely free to these families to help provide them just a safe space where they can be surrounded by people who kind of understand what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this event, actually, I don't even know off the top of my head, but in Livingston, it's been years, um, I want to say close to 10 years that we've been oh. doing a little in, but we've also had the event for uh, several years in Visalia down south to reach that community and then as well as in Sacramento. And we've seen this event have over a thousand attendees at one point. So it's really incredible to see all of them gather together and being able to enjoy the day. And we've definitely received good feedback for that event as well. So that's an event that I know that we hold near and dear to our heart. And again, is supported by fundraisers like the San Joaquin Valley Portuguese Festival. Excellent. Well, again, congratulations to you and your team for putting in so much work on uh, raising awareness for an important cause, but then also bringing a a much needed alternative festival to the Central Valley that everyone can enjoy. And so we really, I think you've, you've had, had a twofer success on that one. Um, So congratulations to everyone involved in that. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And so we will put the link to the website and the dates so that anybody who has an interest in either having a booth or performing or just attending or taking their their RV and then spending the weekend or even just making a donation because it's a, a wonderful cause, we'll put the link in the show notes so everybody can access the information very easily. But thank you so much for your time today, Elena, and congratulations to your team. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Tudo Português. If you liked this conversation, please share it with friends and family. And certainly subscribe to our Palkas podcast channel so you can hear more conversations like this and be made aware of all the wonderful things that are happening in our community, not just here in California, but nationally as well. Please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast so that more people can find us. And with that, we'll say until next time, déjà!
Thank you for listening to Tudo Português, a podcast production by Palcas, the only national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese American community. To learn more about Palcas, how to become a member, or to suggest a guest for our show, visit www.palcas.org or email us at palcas at palcas.org.